Coming up in this Ute Insiders podcast, we talk about the Ute basketball team's struggles of late. Looking forward, can they bounce back against the Washington teams this weekend? We also look at Tyler Huntley and how he did and perhaps improved his stock at the Shrine Bowl and so much more in this edition of the Ute Insiders podcast. This is Brad Rock, former sports columnist of the Deseret News with a tip. Listen to Ute Insider's podcast for all the best coverage on everything Utah Utes. Welcome to the Ute Insider's podcast. I am Jody Guinnessy, hosting this fun uh, show. With me today is Mike Sorensen. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing excellent. I prefer this podcast when Dirk Facer, our awesome colleague, is running the ship, but he is uh, apparently getting some vacation. I, di- I didn't know we got vacation. That's kind of fun to do it without him, though, don't you think? Oh my gosh. This show is going to be so much better without him. Just kidding, Dirk. Love you. So, uh, a lot of things going on with the youths right now. Let's uh, just rock and roll and get started here talking about the Ute basketball team. Uh, let's just pull the Band-Aid off. Mike, you've been with these youths. What is going on? You know, it's tough. They play, they've lost four in a row, but, you know, they played three top 20 teams. So, you can't, you know, you got to keep that into consideration a little bit. On the other hand, they've lost by 39 points and 16 points and 19 points. So, they lost pretty badly. So, they haven't been in any of those games that they lost. And so, I think, uh, you know, you think they're, I figured they'd lose those games, but I figured they'd at least be competitive. Yeah. So, I mean, they were so competitive against Oregon. I guess it was a home game. And maybe it's just showing the importance of playing in friendly confines at the Huntsman Center that the Utes played better against Oregon. and But then they go on the road, and those are three bad losses. And I've noticed on social media there's uh, some unrest, some some people wanting to throw Kristoviak over the, the side of the ship. and yeah, That's typical, isn't it? But right. People overreact, you know. <laughs> but but it, I think a lot of it's the fact that, you know, these their, their best players, Timmy Allen and, and Booth Gotch, have both just really been miserable the last three games. I mean, they just have, you know, that's just how it's been. Timmy, I think it's finally it's, it's caught up with him this year. He, he, had, he was kind of carrying the team all year, averaging 21 points a game. And all of a sudden, these teams have said, hey, wait a minute, we just got to shut this guy down. And they don't have that much else on the outside. And so once he goes in there and he has two or three guys converge on him and he throws the ball up there and he just can't make those shots, he's not getting fouled like he used to. Then if he doesn't score, who's going to score? And then Booth's had three bad games shooting, five out of 24. So, you know, when that happens, who else? You got to have someone else pick up the slack. Right. And every, they're all freshmen. So it's, gonna, it's just hard. It's a hard situation right now. I mean, they're playing right now, maybe how we expected or something. Yeah. Exactly. expected them to yeah. play because they might have got our hopes up or fans' hopes up with the, with how well they played in the uh, the preseason. I mean, beating Kentucky and beating BYU, and it was a it was a nice Minnesota, preseason. Minnesota, yeah, and I, I thought the same thing. I thought this is kind of maybe what I expected with the freshman laden team, eleven freshmen, four sophomores. You know, no real seniors. I mean, the one guy he's he's been hurt all year and doesn't play anyway. So it's just been uh, kind of what we expected. I thought this could be a young team that's going to struggle. They're doing it now, but after that nine and three start, people thought, oh wait, wait. Minute, these guys are pretty good, and they do have some good players. But this is kind of like what we expected them to be. Now you just don't want to let it just go totally off the rails and, and end up in last place, which they are right now. Yeah, I, from my humble position, my admonition to you know my suggestion to Ute fans who are frustrated with Coach Ruskoviak right now, I, I would just say relax, <laughs> chill out, folks. This is this is a young team. They have a, a good recruiting class coming in. Uh, some say it's the best ever recruiting class coming in for the Utes. You know now the the problem is. In in the preseason, you're kind of you're able to catch teams off guard. In Pac-12 play, 
these teams take you know these games more seriously. They're going to scout you harder. They're watching you. They know what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. The Utes have shown you know in, in the down low they they've been struggling with the the post play and, and that rotation. They still need to find uh, some consistency with the bigs. They need more help for Timmy Allen. So uh, this is something that that could just be a dose of reality. But I think that they'll you know this this weekend could be interesting against the Washington teams to see if they can bounce back. And I suspect they will play better. This this weekend at home. Yeah, they should. And the thing about the Pac-12 this year is there's no real pushovers. And so in past years, you'd say, oh, Washington State's coming to town. Well, that'll, that'll be a win. And Washington, a couple years ago, weren't that good. But now, it's funny, Washington won the league last year with a 15-3 and record. They've already lost more Pac-12 games than they lost all of last year, you know, three weeks into the season. It's crazy. But um, they're still a very good team. You know, they've they won some good games in the preseason. They're 12-7 and overall, and they barely lost a couple games recently to Arizona. They could have won that game or to Oregon last week they could have won that game easily so yeah. they're still a very good team then you have Washington State coming in who's three and three in the league and 12 and seven overall and they used to be they're picked for 11th in the league so Utah can't overlook them they so they you know not easily but they could lose two games this week and it wouldn't be that surprising I, it'd be nice for them just for their morale to get at least one win and especially tomorrow and a uh, reminder to folks that they do have an early tip at 6 p.m i'm not do you know why they're going early tomorrow no but i sure like it you know there's no real, there's no late games this year there's only a couple you know the in the past they've had some eight and nine o'clock games but this year they had six thirty games and i don't know i think the pac-12 might the networks maybe has been able to move them up because it gets you know earlier games they don't like to have these late games that people back east can't see and so yeah. they have a, is it six o'clock and is it five thirty or five thirty? Yeah, I believe a, it's an early start on. Uh, so a both of them well. are early. So yeah, people got to get there. But it's better. It's great for us since we have these new deadlines, so we can get the stories in the paper. That is very kind. Good point. The youths, <laughs> we appreciate your uh, accommodating the uh, the media. They give us the timeouts, the media timeouts during the game. So it's now kind of them to think of us after the game as well. Like you said, they talked about the Pac-12. I'm looking at our my favorite website here. The bracketologists. So the top, there are six teams that are still projected to go to the NCAA tournament from from the Pac-12. Before Utah was on that list, they've dropped off. Their net rating has gone down to 78, so they're ninth right now in the Pac-12. But you still have Arizona at 11, Stanford at 14, Oregon at 17, Colorado at 21. USC 46 and Washington 48. So there's six potential teams. And then the teams that are just on the bubble there, Arizona State, Oregon State, and Utah, you could see some fluctuation over the course of the next few weeks with them bouncing around and and potentially getting up in that that NCAA bubble area or perhaps an NIT. Do you think the Utes over the next couple months can can make a run to get in, in the NCAA. I mean, do you think that's realistic or, or would a good season be an NIT showing? You know, looking at it recently and just the overall league, I would doubt they could make the NCAAs. You know, a month ago, you might have said that after they beat Kentucky. But realistically, I mean, they've got to get up to at least nine wins, maybe 10, and then maybe their preseason schedule, their wins might be able to get them over the hump, you know, because that happened. Arizona State did that a couple years ago. They they won a couple of big games over Kansas in the preseason. I think they finished eight and 10 and still made it, which is kind of amazing. But the thing is, it's a pretty good league this year. So Utah's got to win a couple of these games they should, you know, 
know, against Cal and, well, you could say Washington State, but they're pretty good too. So there's no pushovers anymore. Uh, so they've got to beat some of these better teams. And then if they do, they beat those teams you talked about, Arizona, Stanford, Oregon, Colorado, USC. If they beat these teams at home, those are going to be great on their resume and they do have a chance. But at this point, just looking at the team, projecting ahead, I would say if they could make it to the NIT, make a run there perhaps, and then they got a, gr- a great group coming in next year and then make a run next year. I mean, uh, we teased Dirk Face earlier, but he uh, and, and we referenced Rylan Jones. But Dirk did a really nice feature on Rylan Jones. I would suggest people go to DeseretNews.com. Deseret.com now we call it. Yeah, that was that was a great feature. It's about uh, one, of our, one of our local boys here, Rylan Jones, and about you know just how how much he's meant to the team. And even though people think he looks like he's in junior high school, he's still a, a major part of this team and will be for the next three years. Let's. Uh, this is a, f- a fun weekend for the Utes. They have the two basketball games uh, at the Huntsman Center. They also have a gymnastics meet on Friday night. The the Ute gymnasts or the Red Rocks are off to a, a nice start. So uh, a lot of action here locally for team for fans to come uh, and catch some Ute action. Elsewhere, there there's still football going on. So football fanatics have a lot of uh, of these senior bowl type games going on. This past week, uh, did you get a chance to see Tyler Huntley or and see what he was able to do at the East West Shrine Bowl? And what what did you think about his performance and and how that might affect his NFL stock. I have to admit, I did not see Tyler Huntley. I saw part of the game, but when I, by the time I turned it on, I was some I was on the road in Arizona. It was the other quarterback was in. So, but I did see the highlights, and it looked like he had a pretty good game. So he ran yeah. the ball well and passed the ball. So he, and apparently, he made a good enough showing that it, it, it helped rather than maybe hurt his his standing for the NFL draft. From what I hear, yeah, I mean, he had almost a hundred yards of, uh, of of offense. He led two scoring drives, a touchdown, and then uh, he the field goal. The West ended up losing, but I thought he looked pretty good overall, and and he got a lot of praise from smarter people than me. Maybe not smarter than you, Mike, but uh, former pro quarterback and current NFL Network analyst David Carr, he was impressed. I liked his quote that he said, because you don't know what kind of athlete uh, or what kind of quarterback Tyler Huntley might be uh, in the NFL, but there's a player right now who kind of gives a preview of, of what, what he might be able to do, and that's Lamar Jackson. But here's what David Carr says. What I saw today was a very accurate passer and a guy who can move really well. Lamar Jackson has done a lot for some of these guys that can move and create. I think it might have helped his draft position, and he went out and played well in an all-star game. And then his uh, co-worker, Daniel Jeremiah, added this. He's a late-round pick, potentially priority free agent. He's got a chance to make a team. What he can do athletically to complement your offense and some of that read zone stuff you're seeing more and more in the league, I think he's got a shot. Yeah, I think he he does too. Like like you say, Lamar Jackson has has opened the door for guys like Tyler Huntley, you know, who people call him the so-called, quote, athlete, you know, and maybe they can't uh, make it as a passer. And, you know, he actually was a pretty dang good passer this year. He really was. So I think that's not going to hurt. I think, and he can run the ball, and that seems to be a big deal in the NFL now for a quarterback. I mean, even, you know, Patrick Mahomes is is a passer, but he can also run. He showed that last week, and that's a big advantage if your quarterback can do both of them. So, you know, if he's a late-round pick, um, you know, if he's there's a guy named Tom Brady who was a late round pick, and not that he's ever going to be that guy, but you know, Who? sometimes these late <laughs> these late round picks can still make a team and actually have a career in the NFL. So good good luck to Tyler. Yeah, I I was really impressed all season long with Tyler because he came in and he was kind of in, inconsistent and had the injuries and and whatnot as sophomore and junior years. I didn't know what to expect from him this year, but seeing how well he not only led the team, but he could really fire in some good passes and was on target. 
He was so efficient. He ended up, because of his injuries, he they changed, took away that running from him. And so you almost, he did end up using that towards the later part of the season. Maybe it was because I, we were so close at the Alamo Bowl, but he looked quicker in that game to me than he had all season. Well, on the other hand, it was one of his worst games, too. So <laughs> he <laughs> was running him for his out, life. Yeah, because he had a better <laughs> He could really run fast when big Texas guys were competition. Running after him. But yeah, he, uh, he did show things, but he just didn't quite have uh, maybe the protection that he usually had all year that hurt him that game. In that sense, it's probably good for him that he had an opportunity yeah. against good competition to show, hey, I'm a, a legit quarterback or uh, there's a place for me in the NFL. So that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Another huge Ute offensive star this year, Zach Moss. I know a lot of us were excited to see what he might do in the Senior Bowl, but it appears he might be focusing uh, on the combine instead of the the senior bowl it looks like he's not going to play and uh you said you had some uh some news on another youtube well, i just play. heard that you know they we have okay we got bradley and nice playing terrell, terrell burgess um who's the other one that's playing uh francis bernard francis bernard and then lecky fotu uh i just heard this i mean yesterday it's just it's his news that he he didn't pass his physical so he's not going to be able to play in the game He's out. Oh, that's disappointing. But, I know that Julian Blackman was also invited, yeah. and he won't be playing as So they've well. gone from six to three Utes, you know. That's still a big deal to have six invited to that game. But I guess we'll only see three actually playing in the game. I hope they don't ask me to, to take a physical to uh, cover it from afar. So Hope so. Hope they don't. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll still be an interesting game with uh, several Utes uh, this, this weekend at the Senior Bowl. And I, I think that... Uh, the senior class, this is more than anything, this is uh, just a tip of the cap to them. I, I know the Senior Bowl wasn't doing that to, to you know, honor the Utes, but it, it just shows you how deep the senior class was. And it'll still be fun to watch three of the Utes. Kind of disappointing to not see Zach Moss. I, I read our uh, our friend over the Salt Lake Tribune uh, did a story on Zach Moss, and he's been training for the Combine instead of focusing on the Senior Bowl. And so I, I like this quote that he had from his agent talking about the different type of things you have to prepare for at the combine, uh, like your, the 40 and, and some different uh, athletic things like that, that the NFL scouts like to see. But here's his quote. We have a short window to transform him from a football player to a track star. He needs to be able to handle that, and we have a short window to get it done. All of our attention is being put into that with the goal of having him ready to show out. So that's kind of disappointing for fans that want to see him in, in one last college football game, but it makes sense, don't you think? It does, and it's just disappointing, though, because there's so many guys that kind of do that, and I I almost like they should have a rule. You have to play in the games because, you know, there seemed like every year there's these guys who they're afraid to show in a game. They're afraid to get injured, which I understand, but that's football, and they just want to do certain things in the combine. They don't want to maybe do this or that, and so they're always trying to be careful because they want to improve their draft status, and I guess that's just kind of a game they play, but it's kind of disappointing that we can't just see the guys out there playing in a game that they've been chosen to play in. Yeah, exactly. That's Because it seems like you should be able to do both. You should be able to, to yeah. train to become an, an athlete. And that's and- what they used to do too and every year <laughs> back seemed, in the good old days, old days yeah. it seems like every year these guys are being so careful oh I don't want to do this I don't want to do that and guys you know, even this idea of guys skipping bowl games which has just come up in the last couple of years regular bowl games you know so everybody's being careful and looking ahead to their future and I guess that they have a right to do that alright here's a friendly plug for something a labor of love I do every week called the Ute Insiders Newsletter you can subscribe at Deseret.com every week I give a Utah by five which has five different uh, facts or quotes or fun different 
different things about uh, a Ute topic. We also throw in the schedule, quotes, links to awesome stories, the Ute Insiders newsletter. It's worth your time. It's a fun read. So go subscribe to that at Deseret.com. In closing, Mike, do you have any final words, a, a topic that uh, you'd like to chat about? Well, we never did get into Coach K and his uh, his meltdown at uh, Arizona State the other night. You know, so I was, out of character. Yeah, right. I was there and, uh, and you know, and Larry's a very volatile coach at times. And, and this time, you know, and I, it, I, I, I don't like coaches that, you know, Bobby Hurley got two technical, well, he got a technical and his assistant got one. And, and Bobby Hurley is just like a madman the whole game. And Larry's, for the most part, fairly, he just kind of watches. But when he gets upset, he gets upset. And I thought he had a legitimate case in this one. I mean, we get this this kid, this 7-4, uh, Matt Van Komen comes in the game for the last two minutes and the game's over and they're letting him play and he does a dunk shot and, you know, and he comes down and there's a guy right under him and he kind of lands on his shoulders, which happens all the time. And usually they just say, okay, there's a guy underneath you. You can kind of hang on the rim for an extra second or two. And that's what he did. And they immediately gave him a technical, assuming that's what he gave him for. I don't think they gave it for him for kicking the guy because he just was there. You know, the coach just jumped off the bench and exploded. And those of you who saw it, you know, he he deserved the technical, but maybe he was maybe he uh, was right in the in complaining about it, you know, because he just they they sent him out of there and uh, you know just in ten seconds he was gone. Um, I talked to Matt yesterday, and I'm you know maybe he doesn't want this out, but he he told me that one of the refs told him that it was not a good call, you know, and so just on oh, the wow. side, you know, just that because uh, he he said it's happened to him before. He said I've had I've landed on guys before, and I've only had one technical ever called on me in high school, you know, and but it's landed on people anyway. Mm. That was an unfortunate thing for uh, the way it happened. But Larry, you know, he took responsibility yesterday. I, I brought it up on the press conference about it, and he gave us a breaking news. He said, yeah, but you guys, I'll let you know this, but I'm going to be reprimanded here in about an hour from now, so just let you know that. And uh, <laughs> uh, But he says, you know, we all make mistakes. The refs make mistakes, and I shouldn't have done it. And so he was apologetic. And uh, the thing is, he's got to watch himself because, you know, not that, you know, if they have a, a bad year and he, and he has an, another reprimand or two, I mean, he, he's got to worry about, you know, the future. He can't uh, have these things happen. It kind of puts a little bit of a stain on Utah basketball. So right at that time, the, the game was pretty much out of reach. But that was five straight points at the free throw line. Yeah, that uh, you don't see that very often. Yeah, right. We've seen some interesting plays. A seven point play this year. Five yeah. straight free throws. But, but I, the one thing to his credit, I can you know I lose my temper at times too. But it's easy to do. But he he really has his players' backs. And I think in this situation, he thought that his player was unfairly treated. And yeah. so it wasn't like this personal thing against him. He was standing up for his player, and so I like that. He did take a shot at people who were 5'5". Five, five, so. <laughs> he did do that. I mean, being, you know, I, I don't understand how those short people, being a five foot seven behemoth that I am, <laughs> and this ref, was, a, this ref was probably about five foot seven, but he kind of exaggerated <laughs> and made him a little smaller than. I he mean, was. when I dunk, it it is easy to no. I'm just joking, but you know that that's a dangerous place. So like, I have no clue like what it's like to be up there on the rim. Quite frankly, the only time I did it at my uh, Annie Jan and Uncle Butch's house, they had the driveway that's right next to the that went up, and so I could run up there and launch myself off. And I jumped up, and it was a ten foot rim, and I, I grabbed the rim and the momentum sent me out so far like my legs were way be- far behind me and I landed on my, my hand and broke my wrist so oh, dear. that was my there was nobody to I wish there would have been somebody below you me you should have hung on the rim a little yeah. longer yeah. Larry did not come screaming at the refs but he probably would have reprimanded me but I, I, another point uh, that Ben Bolch at the LA Times my good friend he made it this is the third coach that's been reprimanded by the conference <laughs> it's early in the conference season for 
speaking against Pac-12 referees in basketball. So this, I don't, and he made the point that maybe it's not a coach thing, maybe it's a referee thing. So that could be, yeah. I mean, the rep Pac-12 has had a bad reputation, especially in football, for their officiating and the basketball. They they use the same refs other conferences do, so it's not like it's a Pac-12 referee. But still, you know, that is a good point that you know maybe they're a little quick on those triggers, and then and the coaches get upset when they shouldn't and. You wrote about how the Pac-12 offers a venue for coaches to kind of vent and say, to go through to the lead official and say, hey, I didn't like how this happens. But in the heat of the moment, it's easy to see how a person can be a human being and, and just vent at the moment. And still, I, I and I always say this just because of I'm a believer in free speech. I don't see why a coach just can't say that was a lousy call. You know, it's like they you can't say anything bad about our officials ever, you know, and that's that's a NBA rule, too. I guess that's just a sports in general. And I guess they have to kind of put a lid on that. But it seemed like you can just say, hey, that was not a great call and, and not be punished for it. But, you know, that's the way the sports is. Maybe uh, the Pac-12 needs to adopt what the, the NBA does and, and gives up the two-minute report on the referees to say where exactly. they, yeah, where fact, they uh, messed up. That's why I was asking Chris Tehoviak about yesterday. I said, is it anything like the NBA where you can find out that they maybe they could admit they made a mistake? Because they didn't, you know, uh, apparently maybe this guy did make a mistake, but they're never going to say it in college. So we'll, right. we'll see. I, I think that would go a long ways for them to say, hey, you know what? We goofed up. But then again, they, they kind of want to protect their referees. So I, I, yeah, they do. I can see both sides. But Mike... I think we have made an, a complete podcast without Dirk Facer. We didn't think it was possible, but I've enjoyed my time here. Good chat. It's been with great. You. And maybe we'll let him come back in the show of next week. We'll let him run the show by himself. Yeah. We'll, we'll go to Florida. Sounds, show sounds like good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been good chatting with you. It's a lot of fun action up this weekend. So uh, be sure to come back and listen to the podcast next week as well. Subscribe to that weekly Ute newsletter that drops in your email box uh, on Wednesdays. And uh, have a great week. Yeah.